Merry Christmas. We're going to be reading Luke's version of the Christmas story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid." I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you: you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests." Luke two one through fourteen. It is on this night that we remember and we celebrate the most famous birth in the history of the world. Merry Christmas, everyone! I am so glad that all of you are here. To a much lesser degree, we celebrate the birth of Grace Community Church today. We are 21 years old today. We began on Christmas Eve of the year 2000, so that's a very lesser degree.、Uh, not in a stable, but not too many steps up from a stable. Was Grace Community Church born? But let's get back to Jesus. It is on this night that we celebrate and we remember the most famous birth in the history of the world. It's amazing. It is against all odds. How did this happen? How did this take place? Jesus wasn't born from a position of power. wasn't born in a palace. He didn't lead an army. He didn't have fortune and fame, so to speak, but a position of powerlessness. And yet, here it is: the most famous birth. In the history of the world, this is the story we're talking about tonight. I'm thrilled that my son Jonathan and my daughter Gracie read this famous Christmas text. It is absolutely amazing when you think just historically what has taken place from this birth. Well, key moment in the Christmas story, verse number seven. There's no room for you. There's no room for Mary. There's no room for Joseph. They don't belong. And then later, the shepherds—they were outcasts. Did you know that? Did you know the shepherds were outcasts? They didn't belong either. Belonging is a deep need. As Hebrews chapter four verse fifteen says, Jesus Christ experienced everything we experience. I don't know that that text is trying to say that he experienced absolutely everything. Like, did Jesus ride a skateboard and fall down like I have done? I don't think it's saying. But we have a deep need for belonging. For purpose and identity, I think Jesus Christ experienced those critical three needs of every human being. And for today, we want to focus on the need to belong. Jesus Christ was born outside, at a place where he did not belong. Right 
outside so he could identify with us because that is a deep need. So we need to focus on that this evening. You need to belong. I need to belong. It is so critical that we experience the power of belonging. It transforms our life. And this is what the Christmas story is highlighting for us, the need to belong. I love the story about that Christmas play. And you have the little kids on stage and you got little Mary and little Joseph and they're walking up to the door of the inn and the and the little child who's playing the innkeeper, you know, they knock on the door, he opens and there they look so sad, you know, and is there is there room for us? And the little boy who's playing the innkeeper breaks script and he says, oh, shucks, come on in. Well, it totally blew the play, but at least somebody was acting like Jesus in that play, right? I love that story. All right. Today, we're focusing on the famous Christmas movie, Home Alone. Who's it about? It's about little Kevin. He was mistreated. The parents, they were all going to Paris. The whole family's going to Paris. They got the other family in, the uncle or whatever. And so they're having pizza the night before, and there's a scuffle between Buzz. Buzz was not a good older brother, and he mistreats little Kevin. And everybody blames Kevin because the pizza gets ruined, and the soda gets spilled all over the pizza. And then the uncle, I don't like the uncle. It's a very sad scene. He says, Kevin, look what you did, you little jerk. And then everything stops and all eyes are on Kevin. He's sent to the attic and the next morning they oversleep the alarm clock and they rush out of the house and they leave Kevin and they don't realize it until they're on the plane to Paris and the mom says, Kevin! So Kevin's mom, she makes it back, she gets a flight on the plane, but she can only make it to Scranton, Pennsylvania. And there she meets John Candy and a polka band. And they say, hey, there's room in the back of the truck. Do you want to ride in the back of the truck from Scranton, PA to Chicago? But she's willing to do it. She'll do anything to get to her Kevin. Kevin's mom, it was inevitable, inevitable, everybody, that she was going to get to Kevin because you don't separate a mother bear from her cub. I just came back this past summer from Glacier National Park. Chris and I were visiting our daughter, Gracie, who read the scripture there this evening. She worked at Glacier National. There's bears everywhere out there. And everybody said, whatever you do, if you see a bear cub, don't get anywhere near that bear cub because somewhere there's mother bear and you don't want to get in between mother bear and the cub. Now, that reminds us of Jesus because Jesus says in Matthew 23, I want to gather you like a mother hen gathers its chicks under my wings. Jesus Christ is saying to us, just like that mother bear, Christmas is inevitable because he loves us. He is going to come for us. Now, in Daniel chapter 9, there is a famous timeline. Maybe you know about this. Maybe you don't. But Daniel gives a prophecy hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus Christ is born. He says the Messiah is coming. Messiah is going to come and he gives a timeline. And now we know when to look for Jesus. I mean, this was all foretold by God. God gave us information that let us know that he was coming. But I I missed this until just recently, right before he says, be looking for the Messiah to come, be looking for God to enter the world. It says these words to Daniel at the beginning of that prophecy says, because I love you. Jesus Christ enters the world. Christmas is inevitable because God loves you and he knows you need, you need to belong. All of us have a deep human need to belong, and that is really what Christmas is all about.
So Christmas was inevitable because we belong to God. And he's going to demonstrate that like a mother bear running to the bear cubs, like a mother hen gathering the chicks, like Kevin's mom. Nothing is going to stop her. She is going to fight to get there, snowstorms, riding on the back of a truck, you know, begging for a seat on the plane. It doesn't matter. Now, listen, Kevin wasn't completely innocent in the whole debacle at the beginning of the movie. Now, it was mostly Buzz's fault. I, I'll have to agree with that. But Kevin does bear some responsibility. But here's the thing, right or wrong, Kevin belongs to his mom. She loves him, so she's going to come for him. How about you? Right or wrong, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Right or wrong, you belong to God. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is inevitable because God loves you. As said in Daniel, Jesus is coming because God loves you. Highly, highly loved by God. He is going to come for you. So right or wrong, you belong to God. Now, let me just say one thing here about historical truth. Sometimes people say as they read the Bible, well, that doesn't make sense. I want to say as I read the Bible to this story, the whole storyline of the Bible, it makes total sense. Because God says he loves us so much, of course he's going to show up. Of course he's going to enter your world. He's going to enter my world because as you have a need to belong and I'm going to demonstrate it by showing up. Why? Because I love you so much. We have more written about the birth of Jesus Christ than we do about the most powerful person on the face of the planet during the time when Jesus Christ was born. Tiberius Caesar, the emperor of Rome. I want you to think about this. There is no person more powerful than Tiberius. Jesus Christ, there's like no person more powerless than Jesus. Born outside, no room for him in the end. Born to a poor, unknown peasant couple, and we all know their name today, Mary and Joseph. Shepherds who are outcast are invited in. You have total power and total powerlessness, and yet we have volumes more about the birth of Jesus Christ. It only makes sense that this story is a historical truth. There is a reality. How else could that have happened? That we have so much about Jesus and so little about Tiberius Caesar, because God wanted to make sure that against all odds, we would see the overwhelming truth shine through that God loves you. Now, here's the thing. We've got to make this transition. How do I go from head knowledge that he demonstrated his love, that I belong to God, this deep humanity? How do I go from head knowledge to right down in my heart? How can I experience the power of belonging, not just hear about belonging. I've got to go from head knowledge to heart. Well, what did Kevin do? Kevin, who's left home alone, he feels like the outcast. He's running around this great big house during Christmas time all by himself. There's a man across the street named Old Man Marley. Everybody was afraid of him. Everybody thought he was mean. Nobody would have anything to do with him. What did Kevin do while he was home alone? He reaches out to old man Marley and makes a friend with old man Marley. He got little tiny Kevin and he got this man that's like 90 years old. They are nothing alike and they become friends. And as a result of that friendship, Kevin is transformed and old man Marley is transformed. Here's how you experience it. Jesus Christ, who is nothing like us, enters our world. He reaches out to us, nothing like us, but because of love, he reaches out to us and he models that 
to his disciples. And they are slow to react to that. They are slow to follow that, but eventually they do. They begin to belong people who aren't anyone like them. And they are transformed and the world is transformed. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to strongly consider something today, Christmas Eve, 2021. I want you to belong someone. Now let's, I don't want you to think about belonging someone who are like, oh yeah, I want to belong that person because you, you know, you have romantic feelings for them. That's easy. Oh, I want to belong somebody because I really like them or they're really cool. Nope, nope, nope. That's not it. Kevin's nothing like old man Marley. Jesus is nothing like us. Here's how we're going to go from head knowledge to heart, heart knowledge. Here's how we're going to experience the power of belonging, which we all need to experience. Here is how we tangibly do it. In just a moment. We're going to sing Silent Night famous Christmas hymn. In Silent Night, there's a line that says, with the dawn of redeeming grace. The word grace means goodwill. It's the same word that the angels announced to the shepherds. Peace on earth, goodwill. I want you to think of a person and I want you to think of a plan as we sing Silent Night. Think of a person and think of a plan. How are you going to reach out to somebody very different for you. Who's that person and how are you going to do it? Who's that person? What's that plan? And as we sing this famous, wonderful, magnificent Christmas hymn of Silent Night, think and pray about the person and the plan. Are you going to invite them to be a part of a game on the playground if you're a child or to sit at your seat at lunch? Are you going to include somebody in that's different from you to be a part of your life, to let them know that they belong? Are you going to write a note? Are you going to send a text message? You're going to have coffee, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Are you going to do something to include somebody into your life to let them know that they belong? Because God had a person in mind and that person is you. God had a plan that was for Jesus Christ to come, to let you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you belong to him, that he loves you, whether right or wrong, you belong so that you can go from head knowledge to heart knowledge, because we need to have that sense of belonging. And here's how we have it by belonging someone. You must belong to someone. So as we sing this, we want to take action. It's nothing just to talk about these things. We need to experience these things. We must experience the power of belonging. I want to encourage you as we sing this hymn, person and plan, belong to someone, experience the magnificence of Christmas.